Hello, and welcome to another Health Essentials Podcast. I'm John Horton, your host. Got Milk is a wholesome two-word slogan that powered a dairy industry advertising campaign for two decades, but some wonder if that's the question we should be asking ourselves. The real issue, they say, is whether we need milk. There's a long-running debate centered on whether dairy is truly necessary in our diet. There are undeniable benefits in consuming cow's milk and milk-based products, of course. There are also studies questioning whether those positives outweigh the negatives. It's a complicated issue, which is why we asked registered dietitian Julia Zumpano to join us and sort it out. She's one of the many trusted experts at Cleveland Clinic who pop into our weekly podcast to help us make healthier decisions. So now let's find out whether milk really does a body good. Julia, welcome back to the podcast. I always look forward to our discussions because I just, I learned so much. Thank you so much, John, for having me. I also really enjoy being on the podcast. Now, today we're going to be talking about something which I, I never realized was a controversy, but apparently it is, and that is um, just drinking milk. Um, when did that become a, a, a trouble spot? Well, I think it's just evolved over years of, um, you know, dietary trends and changes with the paleolithic diet or the ketogenic diet and you know neither of those really include dairy as a as a foundational part so uh, i think those have spiked this thought process around um questioning whether dairy is really safe and intended for human consumption well, and this is what we're going to talk about today. And obviously, you are the perfect person uh, to get into this topic with. So um, let's start with some basics when it comes to milk and, and dairy products. And what are the pros behind getting those recommended three servings a day? So, of course, we know dairy and milk has a source of calcium and protein, so, you know, those are probably the main sources that we, nutri nutrition sources that we get from milk and, and yogurt and, and dairy products. So, you know, there's, there's certainly benefit in that sense, especially if you struggle getting in protein or, of course, we, we know that calcium builds strong bones, but we're finding more and more nutrients are involved in that, like vitamin K2 and vitamin D. So it's not just calcium alone. So I think we're finding more and more information that's leading us to think that, well, it, it's not just milk that's going to build those bones. You had mentioned nutrients. And, and I thought I read somewhere where milk has 18 of the 22 essential nutrients that you're supposed to really focus on taking in. It does. It is packed in nutrients for certain. Um, so that's another great foundation and why we encourage, especially when we have young growing children, we do encourage milk with young growing children as they're transitioning off, you know, with our formula or breast milk. We do encourage milk as being a foundational beverage because it's meeting so many nutrient needs. Okay. So, so you're getting the, the calcium and, and the protein and all these vitamins and minerals. What does that do for our bodies? Well, each, you know, nutrient and mineral all and vitamin all offer different benefits to our body. So, you know, we build muscle and we build tissues and teeth and bones and all of those structural components of our body are maintained and helped uh, built through our consumption of these 
healthy vitamins, minerals, uh, uh, micronutrients, macronutrients, all of them play such a big role in our overall health in, in every way. So from our head to our toe, really, uh, they're all very, very essential. And milk will help with that then. So it'll help with, if you drink milk, I know it's tied to stronger bones, uh, stronger teeth. Um, I thought I saw someplace where it's also linked to kind of diabetes control. And in some studies, it has shown that um, regular consumption of dairy can help manage um, diabetes. We know milk is a source of carbohydrates. If we utilize it that way and plan for carbohydrate consumption in the form of milk, we know you get calcium and protein from it. So it's going to be beneficial. That protein can slow down the rate of glucose in some cases. So um, it, it can be, um, especially when compared to using other forms of carbohydrate, like refined breads or flours or rice, refined grains, of course, baked goods or desserts or sweets, um, milk can certainly be more beneficial than in some other carbohydrate sources. Julia, that, that's a lot of check marks uh, on the good side of the ledger for milk. So now let's look at some of the potential cons or the drawbacks, um, reasons why you might have some caution about going overboard on dairy. So, you know, uh, oftentimes we think about how we feel after we eat something or drink something. And, you know, there's a good portion of, of the population that is lactose intolerant. So that means that you cannot digest milk very well because you cannot break down the lactose in milk and the lactose is the milk sugar. So you lack the enzyme lactase to break down that lactose that's found in milk. So uh, some symptoms of lactose intolerant would be gas or bloating and digestion, kind of a very full feeling. Um, so we most people know that right away if they're lactose intolerant. There, there's some estimates to what 70% of the world's population maybe have some form of lactose intolerance. Yeah, I would not be surprised by that. There's a large, uh, large population of, of people who cannot digest milk in some way or another. So it's they have some type of negative GI effect from consuming milk or dairy. Now, how does that play into just even that perception that that milk is not good? I mean, if, if so many people just have trouble processing it, just taking it in and, and having their bodies uh, handle it, I, I take it some people view that as like a sign that maybe it's not the best thing to be consuming a lot of. Right, of course. And, you know, I should, I often recommend that my patients look at signs like that. If your body's telling you something's not working for you, I would cut it out for a little bit and figure out why. So I, I do think it's very important to listen to those signs. So if, if you don't tolerate dairy well, it's probably best to cut it out uh, because, you know, you can gain other those other vitamins and minerals that are found in dairy from so many other foods. So it's not like you're going to be missing a big chunk of nutrition as long as you replace that dairy with uh, other other sources of those vitamins and minerals. So I think it's important to, to look at that and look at what your body's telling you. Um, some In some cases, you know, there are certain types of dairy that create that negative reaction more than others. So that's also a kind of a way that we can still include a little bit of dairy back in by, you know, 
kind of foreseeing what the effects are in certain types of dairy. So for instance, milk and um, ice cream tend to create that lactose intolerant effect more. And But some people can tolerate small amounts of cheese or yogurt or kefir. So, and, and some of those products now are, are found as being lactose-free or you know, lactose-reduced. So some of those things, um, products can also help overcome some of those negative um, side effects and symptoms. Speaking of the negative side effects, and I know when, when I was looking things up for this, I, I was shocked at some of the things that were, were kind of connected to, to consuming large quantities of milk. And one of the things that just blew my mind was that there is actually some studies showing there's an elevated risk of hip fractures later in life if you drink a lot of milk. That just seems the opposite of what you would think. So what's what's happening there? You know, there are several studies that did indicate along the lines of that. And, you know, the National Institute of Health did a big review and, it, you know, it, it looked at the the amount. So we found that the large a large consumption of dairy did in turn allude to some of that increased risk factor hip fracture risk looking at greater than 200 grams a day of of milk consumption but you know there was insignificant or insufficient evidence to deduce that association between milk consumption and the risk of hip fracture at this point. But we do know that we want to look at how much dairy we're consuming and really keep it at no more than three servings a day, if, if not a little less than that. Okay. Well, that, that's good advice. So um, let's roll through some of the other items that just seem to pop up in the, the kind of anti-milk side. Um, I saw where there's uh, associated cancer risks, um, prostate and uh, endometriosal, endometrial, this is why I'm not a doctor, um, that can be tied to a a lot of milk consumption. Um, Is is that true? When we look at cancer risk, we're really looking at the hormones and some of the antibiotics and things that are placed in the, the dairy cows. So it's really what's kind of being spilled into the milk. So we we have this, you know, over consumption of hormones and, and, and additives and, and things that the cows are treated with that are spilling into the dairy products that are leading to this increased cancer risk. So absolutely, you should be very aware of that um, when you have the opportunity to buy organically raised um, dairy products, that would be ideally the way you want to go. If you don't have the opportunity to choose organically raised or are making sure it doesn't have these hormones added, you really want to decrease your consumption of, of milk and dairy products. Perfect. So moving along, I also saw where milk has been tied in with, with heart disease. Um, what What's the explanation there? Right. So we milk can contain a large amount of saturated fat. So when you look at whole milk or even 2% milk, it contains a substantial amount of saturated fat. And when you're consuming that throughout the day, uh, you know, in large amounts, it really, really adds up. So we know that saturated fat can increase your level of LDL or bad cholesterol. 
So that's really the culprit there. And, you know, another large um, in contributor to increasing your LDL is cheese. And, you know, we lump cheese into that dairy consumption. So we really want to be mindful of how much dairy we're taking and specifically in whole milk dairy products and cheese and even other dairy products like butter or cream. Those are extremely high in saturated fat and certainly can contribute to increased levels of, of bad cholesterol. And that in, in turn leads to more plaque buildup in the lining of your arteries. So that's really what we're trying to avoid. And then one of the other things that came up was um, acne and skin issues. Um, how, how does milk or dairy contribute to that? So I don't know if we know the exact mechanism of how that can contribute, but we do know that there have been populations and people who suffer from acne, and once they reduce their dairy intake, their acne improves, and, and maybe they have a source of dairy and they start breaking out. So it, it could be with um, just the oil buildup in your skin. It could be with mucus production. It could be due to the hormones in milk. It could do we do due to a variety of reasons, but we know that there is an association there. So if you struggle with acne, it would be a, a very easy, quick test to cut dairy out of your diet for a couple of weeks and see if your if your acne clears up. And then you know you are someone who is sensitive to that. So so your answers are all these. It makes you realize that there's no just concrete yes or no answer, which is what which is what we're always looking for, I guess. I think that's so important. That is really the key take home message here is that whether it's milk or grains or meat, there's not a one there's not one answer that fits all. Everybody needs to find their personalized individual plan of what serves their body and what does not. And things that play a role in that is past medical history, family history, genetics, how you digest and absorb certain foods, how you tolerate them, even you know what your ancestors ate. All of those things play a role. And then we want to really pay attention to clues that our body is giving us when we don't react well to a food. And we want to really pay attention to that because when we don't react to a food well, over time, over and over again, it creates negative outcomes like inflammation, which can then lead to disease. So we don't want to ignore some of those those signs that our body is giving us. So just really pay attention and and make the decision based on your personal reaction to a food versus maybe what um, studies say or trends say or you know what may, what may, might be out in the media world. So it's very important to find an individual nutrition plan. And you know registered dietitians are great resources to help you find that. So meeting with a registered dietitian can really be helpful in that journey. We've gone over a lot of kind of the good and the bad with with with, with milk. Um, what advice would you give somebody just wondering how they might be able to get fit dairy into their diet in, in ways in which they can do it that would give you the benefit, but then kind of, uh, you know, reduce the risk or the chance of something bad happening? 
Sure. So I would start to suggest using more lower fat versions of dairy. So even a 2%, 1% skim sources of dairy, whether it be milk or yogurt or cheese. And if you do react to lactose, choosing the lactose-free versions of that dairy. And then again, keeping in mind of, of consumption. So a lot of times if we do have symptoms or side effects, we see those being greater with greater consumption. So keeping your consumption low and finding out what your personal threshold is of that consumption. Um, certainly yogurt can play a nice role. There's a lot of, of probiotics and, and healthy bacteria that's found in yogurt that can feed our gut in a healthy way. So if you are going to consume dairy, I usually recommend starting with yogurt, um, especially if you can find a lactose-free version. So that can actually feed the healthy gut, give you the nutrients and um, vitamins and things that you're looking for from dairy and can be easily lower in fat and, and provide protein too. So that's typically what I recommend if you still want to include dairy into your diet on a regular basis. And to bring up something you you mentioned before, um, people should look for organic milk or, or, or milk that is free of growth hormones? Correct. Correct. Organic milk does uh, avoid those, those hormones added um, and added in things to the dairy that we're trying to avoid. Um, and sometimes it's not organic, but it will say... Um, sourced from cows that are, were not provided those hormones. Okay, so look for that on the on the containers when you're when you're shopping. Um, and then I, I'd be remiss if I didn't ask you about all the milk alternatives that are out there because now I mean there's there's almond milk, cashew milk, and all that. Are, are are those good options for people? I actually think those are great options for people. They're typically vitamin and mineral fortified, so they're going to get similar profile depending on the kind that you're choosing to what might you get from a glass of milk. So they're calcium fortified. Sometimes they even have more calcium than milk. Again, vitamin mineral fortified. Um, what you might lack in some of those is protein. So a lot of the milk alternatives do not contain protein. Some do, but most don't. Like soy milk will have some protein. Um, and most of them are are much lower in calories as long as you're choosing the unsweetened versions, which of course is what I recommend, the unsweetened versions of the milk alternative is going to save you a lot of calories, the hormones, you know, the, the saturated fat. So you really um, should consider those alternatives. I, I really recommend those often to my patients. You, you've given us a, a ton to think about. Um, so before we kind of go, um, anything else you'd like to add? reinforcing what I said before is taking a personalized approach to dairy consumption or a consumption of food. So really being aware of how your body's reacting and, and taking steps um, towards improving your personal health and diet towards what's best for you. Great advice as always, Julia. So thank you so much for joining us and I look forward to having you back. Thank you so much for having me. Milk is packed with the protein, vitamins, and nutrients that you need, which is why it's a recommended part of a healthy diet. But it is by no means a perfect food, so keep that in mind when you're making mealtime choices. Till next time, be well. Thank you for listening to Health Essentials, brought to you by Cleveland Clinic and Cleveland Clinic Children's. 
To make sure you never miss an episode, subscribe wherever you get your podcasts or visit clevelandclinic.org slash HE podcast. This podcast is for informational purposes only and is not intended to replace the advice of your own physician. 